I uh, am calling this <clears throat> talk Grief and Gratitude. And I was thinking um, this last week, as I was thinking about what to talk about tonight, I was thinking that November is Gratitude Month. Uh, typically considered that um, because of Thanksgiving and the idea of, of giving thanks and gratitude. And I think it's a beautiful practice, but I didn't think about that at all or didn't talk about it because of all the, the stuff that's going on in the world and, and I'm offering some talks around that. And, um, and then I realized that I had given a talk a year ago called Grief and Gratitude, I mean, last November, and I, and I have my notes, I keep my notes on my talks, and so I pulled the notes out, and I'm reading about what was going on last November, last December, there was the revolution in Iran, which is still happening, the morality police are still going after women who don't wear hijabs, um, there's the war in Ukraine, there's the mass shootings that happen on a practically a daily basis. There's the rise of authoritarianism in the U.S. and around the world and um, climate change and um, the personal difficulties we have in our lives. For me, I lost my brother. My brother passed away two and a half weeks ago. So there's that. There's that grief. And so it's, and now we have this year the, um, the, the war in Israel and Gaza. And uh, so it's just like, this is a constant. It's not like you do give a talk and then you move on to the next thing. It's this idea that I think it's really important that we revisit these things because we have to recenter a lot of the time and sometimes we get so enmeshed in what's going on in the world and ourselves that um, we lose sight of some things that are that are really helpful, that are really beneficial. And so then it can feel so overwhelming and daunting um, especially when there's a, a sadness that just seems to hang out all the time. Um, and there also, uh, when we talk about grief and we talk about gratitude, it feels as though there might be a binary aspect to it where you can either be grateful or you can be sad or you can be happy um, or you can be unhappy, but they can't have, you know, you can't have this meshing of the two or you can't have this fluidity of moving from one to the other which is which is really false um, and it's really helpful to let go of that binary thinking um, in many many ways but in the in this regard specifically as well and Larry Ward um, one of my favorite teachers had a post and he said um, receive your suffering with your whole body not just your intellectual thought Embrace the sorrow and your joy, but don't drown in the suffering. So it's, I think that's a really important place to, to be, to recognize that there is all this suffering, there's all this grief, there's all this sadness, but don't let it overwhelm the joy or the happiness or the gratitude that's there. Gratitude is so important. Um, and it's an important reminder not to drown in this overwhelm because it's so easy, especially if you, I've heard so many people say they just can't stop watching the news and it's like, ah, you might make an effort to back away at some point because it's really not healthy 
to in ingest all of that. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about it, that in his fifth mindfulness training. Really watch what we watch, watch what we read, watch what we listen to. It's really important to have um, some equanimity around that, some balance around that. And sometimes it's really easy to fall into a place of being miserable all the time. It's almost as if it's comfortable. There's this cynicism, this nihilism that's like, ah, blah, things suck, you know, because that's, um, I think it's A, a habitual type of thinking. Um, and if we expect the worst, we'll never be disappointed. I used to, years ago, I used to say, I hope for the best, but expected the worst, because I was never disappointed that way. Um, but that's not, that's again, that's a, a fixed view. That's a particular way of seeing the world that kind of ignores the reality of the moment, that ignores the reality of this specific experience. It's just kind of pegged everything in a particular box. Um, and then there's the um, there's the uh, judgment we might have on ourselves about how can we be happy when there's so much unhappiness, so much suffering in the world. Um, but again, it's so necessary to be present for the moment, whatever it is. I mean, the Buddha in the First Noble Truth says there is dukkha, there is loss, there is death, there is suffering, there, is, there are these things to recognize that's part of the human condition. It's not that we justify, um, um, you know, harm, but with that we have this recognition that it's part of our experience. And... It's also important to see hope or, or to see the gratitude, to see the beneficial side of things. And Roshi Joan Halifax said, wise, talked about wise hope, and she said, where we see things as they are, but we also understand our ability to transform it so that we can, we can work towards transforming things, that we are not doomed or fated to experience A, B, or C, but we can, re but we do remain firmly re um, rooted in reality. There's a there's something from uh, a Jewish, I don't know if it's the Torah or the Talmud, um, a writing that uh, something that says, and I'll have to catch the quote. I have it somewhere, but I didn't I didn't write it down for this. That although we may not be, um, I can't, although. The work may not be finished in our lifetime, although we may not be able to solve all the world's problems in our lifetime, it does not absolve us from working to try to end whatever injustice there is. So I think that's a really important piece to say that we don't give up. Um, and um, we learn to be with what's there. And we increase the positive. We increase what's beneficial. So, you know, Rick Hansen talks about this a lot in, in reworking the brain. We, we learn how to be with and decrease the negativity that piling on, the, the negativity bias of the mind, and increase what's enjoyable, increase what's beneficial. Um, and one of the things that we can intentionally work towards is gratitude. Gratitude is something that we can each 
connect with if we really try because it can be simple it doesn't have to be grandiose um, and it's an antidote to negative mind states especially if we're stuck in them and I used to be so dismissive of gratitude I used to just say ha and somebody would say you can breathe you can walk and I'd say so what ha so what right I tripped last week and I landed flat on my knee. Somebody asked me the other yesterday, he said, did you trip while you were hiking? I said, no, I was just walking through a parking lot and I just went boom down and landed on my knee. So it's still sore. So I, I have to walk upstairs one at a time, you know, one leg and then one leg and then and the same thing walking down. It's fine. It's getting better. It's just going to take a while. But it's like, oh, I'm really grateful that I didn't bust my knee. I'm grateful that I can walk. Because last Saturday night, I was having a hard time. So gratitude, you know, this dismissiveness of gratitude, because it's not what I think it should be or who, who cares. It's like that's a real self-centered, egotistical point of view. But, you know, when we can have this more spaciousness and this recognition of, Wow, I can actually walk. Wow, I didn't really hurt myself. Um, I didn't really, I banged up this and banged up that, but I'm okay. There's some deep gratitude. Or if I look up and I see this silly little cat over here on the other side of the room sleeping in his cat tree and just, oh, so grateful for his little silly face. Um, yeah, it's really keeping it simple. And um, there's a, a person who, um, and did some research. I, Sonia Lubomirsky talked about um, and with gratitude, it helps us savor the positive life experiences. Rick Hansen talks about that too, where we we don't just gloss over those things that are beneficial, that are that are positive, that are really warm, give us um, to use a scientific term, warm fuzzies um, inside. But you know, we don't just gloss over them. We pause and we hang out with them. And it bolsters our self-worth and our self-esteem, and it helps us to cope with stress and trauma. You know, we shift from this negativity. We shift from being caught up in this, this, um, this cycle of thinking, these habitual patterns that we go down, our paths. Um, it strengthens relationships, and it, um, it, lets, go, it lets us... Um, release the comparing mind because when we're grateful we're not comparing I heard you I I remember somebody saying once you can't grumble and be grateful at the same time and I have I have found that to pretty much be true if you're grumbling it's hard to be grateful and if you're grateful it's hard to grumble um, it diminishes negative emotions and it keeps us from taking joy for granted so it really has a beneficial impact. And um, so when things are so heavy, when things are so uh, challenging in our lives, uh, whether through personal loss or just sorrow at the situation that we see around us, it's really helpful beneficial to expand or make gratitude an intentional practice because we feel nourished when we're grateful 
It's not about getting rid of difficulties. It's not about changing our reality. That's not what practice is about. Practice is being with the reality of the moment and also recognizing the gratitude. And we take time with it. And what's really important is that we don't self-censor ourselves. Oh, that how can I be grateful? You know, that, that, that little voice. What did somebody the other day say? Called it an inner roommate. That inner roommate that's always making comments about us. Um, you know, and we take care of ourselves with skillful means. You know, it means we don't have to be relentless about facing difficulties. We can take a break. You know, give ourselves um, um, some, some downtime. It's really okay, and in fact, it's important to take retreat. That's why people go on retreat. That's you do. That's why you sit. That's why you go for a walk in nature. It is that replenishment. We need to replenish ourselves. If not, we burn out. It's and burning out is not is causing harm, and that's like the first precept: is not to kill or cause harm, and instead cultivate kindness and compassion. So when we cultivate gratitude, we're being compassionate towards ourselves. And I read this yesterday. I'm not sure who this person is. I kind of think she's a poet, but I never heard of her. Her name is Frances Ward-Weller. And she said, The work of the mature person is to carry grief in one hand and gratitude in the other and to be stretched large by them. How much sorrow can I hold? That's how much gratitude I can give. If I only carry grief... I'll bend toward cynicism and despair. If I have only gratitude, I'll become saccharine and won't develop much compassion for other people's suffering. Grief keeps the heart fluid and soft, which helps make compassion possible. So you see, they, they, they go together, this grief and this gratitude. There's a, a perfect you know, they, they work, there's not one or the other. It's not a binary. They work together for this mature, I love that, uh, the work of a mature person. To have this wise heart that sees clearly the reality of existence. You know, the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. They coexist. And as wise beings, we can be with both of them. We can be with the joy and the sorrow, the grief and the gratitude. I wrote um, a few weeks ago on social media. I made a post and I said, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to cry, allow yourself to breathe, and let your heart be touched. That's, that's what we're doing. We are opening our hearts we're breathing, we're feeling, we're crying, we're laughing. We're doing, we can be a full human. I let our human condition be full. This, oh, I love the word precious. There's this, this preciousness of our lives. Um, and it is precious. And so see if you can live it fully. You know, not pushing away, not grasping, not whatever, just being open. Yeah. And so just as with all um, 
I think it's important to, um, as we move through this, as, as you reflect on this, it's important to recognize how your grief shows up and to not, um, again, not censor the grief because so often, and I think I talked about this just recently, we often get um, uh, or have been taught that grief is only supposed to last a certain amount of time or it's only appropriate in particular places or for whatever, blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's just there. It may just show up at random times. And can you greet it? Just as you greet any other, as just as you greet any emotion, any thought, any feeling, any sound, let it be. You know? And stay out of the stories. What happens is we tend to get lost in stories and we wallow, which is not really productive. And so stay out of the stories about it and be with the emotion itself. Be present, be compassionate, be aware, be grateful. I, um, they talk about when you start to wake up or if you're caught in these addictive thoughts or addictive patterns of behavior, a lot of times it's because we wanna keep out the feelings. We wanna numb ourselves. That's what people who are lost in delusion oftentimes are working really hard to not have to feel anything, especially if it's uncomfortable. And um, the bad news is that keeps out the joy as well. And so when you begin to open up to um, these feelings, that's there's good news and there's bad news. You, you have all these feelings now, but you also have the joy. You can't, you can't shut one out and not shut the other out. And if you open to one, you open to the other. So just greet everything with with um, with kindness and compassion and and let let yourself walk hand in hand with grief and hand in hand with gratitude so so thank you thank you thank you thank you my friends that's those are my few thoughts on the importance of recognizing these these two important pieces of our human uh, our human condition our humanity uh, so to speak it's really important to allow each of them into our lives so we can have a fullness and a shared connection with others because we all experience this. So uh, be tender with your grief and cultivate your gratitude. So thank you again for your, for your sweet, sweet attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.